reaching Israel and the world. Shalom Aleichem and peace to you, beloved ones. Cynthia Marjorie and I welcome you today to Discovering the Jewish Jesus. Great to have you with me again, my love. Good to be here. And we want to, first of all, just thank our partners. Thank all of you that are supporting this ministry. Without you, we couldn't be reaching the world with the gospel, with the good news of King Yeshua and the kingdom of heaven. Amen. Honey, you know, this has just been burning in me, reclaiming the Jewish Jesus, because for so long, the church has not viewed Jesus really as a Jew. And Jewish people don't see him as a Jew. They see him as, you know, the savior of the Gentiles. Right. But I was thinking about the life of Joseph in ancient Israel. And, you know, Joseph went to Egypt and he became like the savior of Egypt. And eventually Joseph's Jewish brothers went to Egypt to buy grain. And you know what? When they met up with their brother Joseph in Egypt, they didn't recognize him because Joseph had been dressed up like an Egyptian. And in the same way today, a lot of Jewish people don't recognize Yeshua today because the church has dressed him up like a Gentile. Yeah, right, right. I, it's, I, I believe that's why God put on your heart for you to grow these, these payas that you have right now that are growing out. I believe that Father God put it on your heart that, that the church would be awakened to see the Messiah and who he is. And that's what this is all about, reclaiming the Jewish Jesus. Listen and hear and see what the Father God has. Shalom Aleichem and peace to you, beloved ones. Welcome today to Discovering the Jewish Jesus. We are delivering a very important message today that I'm calling Reclaiming the Jewish Jesus. As I've aged, the fire of the Lord has increased and increased and increased with me. I have a burning passion now to continue to push the envelope forward in the world, to reveal to the world, to the church and to Israel, listen, the Jewish Jesus. What do I mean by that? Both the church and Israel, oftentimes, when they think of Jesus, do not think of Jesus as a Jew. They look at him as a Gentile. In fact, there's been concerted efforts in the early days of the church that actually tried to strip Jesus and the New Testament documents of their Jewishness. Let me give you a specific example of that. In the book of Acts, chapter 12, verse 4, in the original Greek language, the word pescha is used, which literally means Passover. But what did the King James Version translators do? They literally changed the meaning of the document, the original historical manuscript, to say instead, Easter. In other words, rather than calling it Passover, which is literally what the word Pescha means, which is in the original document. Instead, they changed Passover to Easter. Easter, as many of you know, it's totally pagan. It's connected to the Greek pagan goddess Ishtar, which is a fertility goddess. The early church tried to strip Jesus and the New Testament of its Jewishness. And I am here today to reclaim the Jewishness of Jesus. You see, you've been grafted in to the Commonwealth of Israel. And it's important for you to know the Jewish roots of your Christian faith. Yeshua said to the woman at the well in John 4, woman, 
Salvation is from the Jews. You see, I remember going to Israel years ago, my first time there. And uh, I went there on what's called a pastor's familiarization tour, where a tour company just put out a blanket invitation for the heads of any congregations, rabbis, pastors, etc., to come to Israel at a very reduced cost. The tour company's hopes was that the leader of the congregation would fall in love with Israel, then go back to their congregation and bring the whole congregation there, which would have resulted in a lot of revenue for the tour company. So because the tour company wanted the congregational heads to develop a passion for Israel, they brought them there at a very reduced financial cost. Again, in hopes that I'd go back to the congregation and, and lead a tour there, which we ended up doing. But I remember going there, my first time there, beloved one, on this pastor's familiarization tour. And I was surrounded by leaders of congregations from all different denominations. And I was having my first dinner there at a hotel in Israel with the pastor from a mainline denomination sitting across the table from me. And what he said to me so repulsed me that it has stuck with me even to today. This took place many years ago. And here's what he said to me. He said to me, Paul met Jesus and came away with pork on his breath. I mean, what a repulsive, inaccurate, obnoxious thing for him to say to me. But it was an arrogant comment that was trying to push Judaism and Jewishness out of everything. And you know what? There are many people in the church that are still carrying that sentiment in their hearts today. And not only that, but when Jewish people, both in America, in Israel, and other parts of the earth, when they think of Jesus, they don't think of Jesus as a Jewish thing. They look at Jesus as the God of the Gentiles. So I am taking a stand, beloved, to reintroduce Jesus to the world as a Jew. Now, obviously, I'm not the only one or the first one that is doing this, but I have a passion in me to push the envelope forward today. Let me give you an example of how significant this problem is, how the church and Israel thinks of Jesus. You know, the most famous painting of Jesus that has ever been painted is Leonardo da Vinci's picture of the Last Supper. Now, let me ask you a question. Do you think that Leonardo da Vinci's portrait of Jesus, which is the most well-known, iconic picture of Jesus in the world, is an accurate representation of who Jesus is? Do you think Jesus had blonde or red hair? His face in this picture, you know, looks not only with blonde or red hair, but his face looks kind of effeminate. Notice there's no beard on him. It looks like he's wearing almost like a dress. Do you think that's an accurate picture? of what Yeshua HaMashiach, Yeshua of Nazareth looked like. Beloved, he was a Jew. Do you think he looked more like Leonardo da Vinci's portrait of Jesus or more like me? Beloved, he looked a lot more like me. For example, you'll notice today that I'm wearing what are called the payas or side curls. This comes from the book of Leviticus or Vayikra in Hebrew, chapter 19, verse 27 where the Lord told the children of Israel not to cut the side growth or the side locks of their hair. Why? Because he wanted them to look different than the world around them. 
because they were called to be a nation of priests. They were called to be his in the world, to stand out in the world as his representatives. It marked them as different. And because this desire has been burning in me, I have stepped out in faith to do the same thing, to make a statement, Father God, I belong to you. I'm your representative in the world. I'm not of the world. I should look different because we're not of the world. I hope that you'll receive this, beloved ones. Some have asked, did Jesus have pay us? The answer is absolutely he had pay us. Why? Because he was a Torah obedient Jew. He was able to take our sin in his own body on the tree because he lived a perfect life in obedience to the law. He was sinless. And because he lived a sinless life in obedience to the law for you and I, he was able to die in our place and release us from the guilt of having not kept the law. But Jesus absolutely had pay us. Now they might not have looked like mine with the curls. We don't know exactly what they look like. There's all types of different traditions within Judaism of how the payas look. Some grow them straight, some in curls, etc. But no question, he had the side locks. Another issue that I'd like to bring to your attention regarding what Jesus looked like is that he didn't look like this picture over here in the portrait of the Last Supper by Leonardo da Vinci with fair skin. He didn't look like a Scandinavian. Beloved, he's from Israel. He had a Mediterranean complexion, an olive-colored skin. Again, a lot more like mine. And how tall was he? Well, according to experts on ancient skeletons in Israel, Jesus was possibly, probably, no taller than I was because the average Jewish male during the time of Jesus was 5'5". Five five. So I'm only 5'5 five five and a half. When people call me short, I like to say, well, I was created more in the likeness of Jesus. He looked, beloved, like a Jew because he is a Jew. Brown hair, brown eyes, olive skin, payas. And he wore what you'll oftentimes see me wearing, I actually wear every day, my Talit Katan, which is a four-cornered garment that I wear underneath my shirt for the purpose of attaching the fringes or the seat seat. And the reason that we do this is to remind us to walk in Hashem's ways, to walk in God's ways, because it's a visual reminder that we're living for Him, that we're under His authority. Let me read you the section of Scripture in the Torah where the Lord told the children of Israel to wear the tzitzit, or the fringes. I'm going to the book of uh, Numbers right now, chapter 15, verse 38. Speak to the sons of Israel and tell them they shall make for themselves tassels on the corners of their garments throughout their generations, and that they shall put on the tassel of each corner a cord of blue. It shall be a tassel for you to look at and remember all the commandments of the Lord so as to do them and not follow after your own heart and your own eyes and after which you played the harlot so that you may remember to do all my commandments and be holy to your God. Now, I'm not under the law and neither are you under the law. But for me, this is just a visual reminder to order my ways after the Lord. You could say it's similar in concept to the bracelet that many people used to wear. What would Jesus do? The WWJD bracelet they wore to remind them to act in a way that reflected the image of Jesus. And so this is the same reason why Jewish men, when they pray on Shabbat or when they're saying their prayers, they wear the traditional prayer shawl. Why do they wear the prayer shawl? Because it's a four-cornered garment that allows us to attach the tzitzit to. Because the tzitzit or the fringes 
need to be attached to four-cornered garments. And that's why, again, I have underneath my shirt a talit katan, which is like a poncho. It's a four-cornered garment to attach the fringes or the tzitzit to. The point is, is that Jesus came as a Jew, lived as a Jew, died as a Jew, and I, beloved, by the unction of the Holy Spirit, want to push that revelation forward into the earth, both to the church and to Jewish people and Israel to reclaim the Jewish Jesus. I have a burning passion to help Jewish people all around the world recognize that Yeshua HaMashiach is the Jewish Messiah. I want you to know, from the bottom of my heart, I love you. I truly feel God's love for His people here. And my heart, when I'm here, is to do one thing, to be a source of love, to be a source of blessing, to be a conduit of God's love for them. And I really feel that God is using me to be a vessel of his love to the people of Gulu. People came from all walks of life. People came from near and far. The crowds were phenomenal. And that in itself has impacted greatly the body of Christ. For a Jew to come and begin preaching Gulu out of all places, in my heart, I think maybe Jesus is about to come back because most Jews don't believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. They're waiting for another Jesus. And this one is blatantly preaching Christ and believing in the authority of believers and followers of Christ. Rabbi is a true servant of God, which I believe God is going to use him not only in Guru, not only in Africa, but in the whole world. Is God blessing your life through the teaching of Rabbi Schneider? Why not become a part in sending him around the world as God brings salvation, healing, and deliverance through television and on-the-ground outreaches? Visit rabbipartners.com or call 800-777-7835. As a thank you for your monthly support, Rabbi would like to send you three very special partner-only DVDs. In Pursuit of Him, an intimate view of Rabbi's life journey. It was worth it. The amazing life story of Cynthia Schneider and Crusades Behind the Scenes, a partner-exclusive look as Rabbi ministers around the world. Become a part of what God is doing through discovering the Jewish Jesus. Begin your monthly partnership today. Jesus is just being basically ignored by much of the Jewish community today. I want to push him forward in a way that he can no longer be ignored. In fact, when I've studied Hasidic Judaism, which is a beautiful, beautiful expression of orthodoxy and uh, the Hasidic tradition, uh, very observant and also very much wanting to interpret the Torah mystically, when I study Hasidism, I see the way that the Hasids relate to their what is called a Rebbe. A Rebbe or Rebbe is kind of a, a, a rabbi that is much more elevated than just a rabbi. 
The, the Hasidim look at their Rebbe as basically an intermediary between Hashem, between God and them. They believe that their Rebbe is basically living in union with Hashem, in union with God, but that he allows himself to come down to earth, so to speak, in his soul to, to be able to help and serve his chassidim, his disciples, his followers. And this is illustrated in so much of the culture. For example, oftentimes when the Rebbe has a meal with his disciples, with his followers, he won't, he won't finish the, 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 all the food on his plate. What will he do with the portion of food on his plate that he hasn't finished? He'll pass it around the table for all chassis or chassidim to eat from because the chassidim believe that if they eat from the Rebbe's crumbs, they'll ingest his holiness. In other words, the chassis look at their Rebbe the same way that we look at Yeshua. We take what is called the Lord's Supper. We, we take the matzah, we take the bread, we break it. We, Jesus said, this is my body broken for you. We take the wine, we drink it. Jesus said, this is my blood shed for you. In other words, there's not any difference in my view between the way that we relate to Yeshua and the way the Hasidim relate to their Rebbe. We're just pushing forward the, the position that Yeshua HaMashiach is the true intermediary between God and man. He is the true, if you will, Rebbe. We want to push him forward and cast Yeshua forward in a Jewish light. In fact, did you know, beloved ones, that one of the first historical documents that we have where someone is actually called Rabbi is the New Testament? Think about this. One of the first historical sources we have where someone actually has the title rabbi is the New Testament. Yeshua was called rabbi 15 times in the Brichadashah, in the New Covenant or the New Testament scriptures. The word rabbi means teacher. Years ago, the Lord spoke to me deep inside me, I know I heard his voice, and he said to me, I was pastoring a congregation, he said to me, I want you to put this place in order and tell them to call you rabbi. Most people received it, but I got some significant pushback on it as well. You see, Jesus said, call no man father and do not be called rabbi. So there have been people for many years that have come against me, why do you use the title rabbi when Yeshua said, don't be called rabbi. But beloved, Scripture needs to interpret Scripture. Jesus said, call no man father. Does that mean you're not supposed to call your father father? The same New Testament that says, call no man father, also says, honor your father and mother. You see, the word rabbi, once again, it just means teacher. It's a title of respect. If it's wrong to call somebody rabbi, then I guess we shouldn't call somebody governor or president or doctor because they're all just titles that give honor for a specific position to recognize the position. You see, beloved ones, when the Lord said to me, I want you to put, take on the title rabbi, I want you to tell the congregation to call you rabbi and put the place in order, I in my own heart really struggled with it. I said, Lord, it, I know I'm hearing you, but it just seems, is this right? I was struggling in my spirit with it, but I didn't tell anybody about it. So not long after this, I came off what we call in Hebrew the bima, which is the pulpit one day from delivering a word. And as I was coming down from the bima, a little girl, she was probably like four or five years old, a little toddler, 
She came up to me. Her name was Kimberly. She said to me, Rabbi, she said, don't change your name. I said, what do you mean, honey? She said, you're the rabbi. And that blew me away. But if that wasn't enough, what happened was just a little bit of time after that, after delivering the word on a Friday night, I went over to go to sleep in the rabbi's quarter. It's a house next door to the Messianic Congregational Building where I was shepherding the congregation there. And I went to sleep and I was still praying about this. I still wanted to be absolutely sure I was hearing his voice correctly. So I go to sleep that night and the Lord spoke to me in my sleep. And this is what he said to me. Beloved one, I could have never come up with a sentence this sharp and this concise in a million years. As I was sleeping, the Lord spoke to me in my sleep by his spirit. And this is what he said to me. He said, the office that you stand in is sanctified and respect for it needs to be cultivated. In other words, the anointing people respect is the anointing they'll receive from. And so the Lord was saying, I want you to stand in this office because in order for people to receive my anointing from you, they need to, to, to uh, respect the office that you're standing in. And so this is all just bringing up, I mean, no one has a problem calling their pastor, pastor, right? So why would we have a problem calling a messianic rabbi, rabbi? Listen, I'm not a rabbi in the traditional sense of the word. I wasn't ordained by an orthodox yeshiva, but beloved ones, a rabbi is a teacher. And to the millions of people that are being inspired and helped by my teachings all over the world, to them, I'm a rabbi. And the real question is not whether I'm an authentic rabbi. The real question is, is Jesus really the Messiah? Because I'm pointing people to Jesus. And the most authentic rabbis in the world are those that are pointing people to Yeshua. Finally, beloved ones, as we close today, you may have noticed under my name title in the show, I'm using the title now, Shaliach. Shaliach is the Hebrew word for messenger. And once again, what I'm wanting to do in these days is really present Jesus to the world as a Jew. And discovering the Jewish Jesus is a ministry that's designed to do that. So rather than using the title international evangelist, I'm using the title now Shaliach, which is a messenger or a sent one. As I close today, I want to simply say this. In the book of Acts, Peter, in Acts chapter 3, quoted the Torah. He quoted Moses saying this in the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 18. I'm beginning here now in verse number 15. The Lord your God, the Lord speaking to Moses, will raise up for you a prophet like me from among you, from your countrymen. You shall listen to him. And then the Lord continued to say, I will raise up a prophet from among their countrymen like you, and I'll put my words in his mouth and he shall speak to them all that I command. And then the Lord said in that same section of Scripture that the one that doesn't listen will be cut off. Peter quoted that portion from the Torah in Acts 3, and he said, Yeshua of Nazareth is the one that Moshe, that Moses, was speaking of there. Beloved, I am here to introduce Yeshua, not just as the Savior of the world, but as the Messiah of Israel and the Jewish king who is coming back quickly. I love you. Thank you for supporting us in what we're doing, beloved. I appreciate your prayers and your love. This is Rabbi Schneider saying, God bless you and Shalom. 
Beloved, the assignment that the Lord has given us at discovering the Jewish Jesus is huge. In fact, it's impossible without the power of God, the grace of God, and the financial help of those that believe in what God's called us to do. We are endeavoring to shift the spiritual culture of the planet so that the Jewish people and the nation of Israel can see Jesus for who he truly is, the Jewish Messiah and the Savior of the world. I need your help to continue to broadcast. It costs thousands and thousands of dollars to broadcast all over the world. Did you know that we're broadcasting into Israel right now? We're reaching almost 97% of the homes in Israel today that have television sets. I wanna ask you for your help. I need you to partner with me to complete this plan. Beloved, when Jewish people are calling upon the Lord to return, that will usher in his return to planet Earth. In the meantime, we need to preach the gospel and I need your financial help to do it. Will you make an offering to the Lord today through discovering the Jewish Jesus? Here's how you can donate or become a monthly partner. Send your tax-deductible gift to Discovering the Jewish Jesus, P.O. Box 777, Blissfield, Michigan, 49228. Visit discoveringthejewishjesus.com, call 1-800-777-7835, or text the keyword RABBI to 45777. To show our appreciation, we'll send you an audio CD and download of Rabbi's Message of the Month and our most recent newsletter. Your gift is bringing salvation, healing, and deliverance to Israel and the world through television, internet, and crusade outreaches. Finally, many of us have been faithful to the Lord with our finances while living. For those of you who like to remember the Lord in your finances when you go to heaven, click Will and Estate Gifts at discoveringthejewishjesus.com. Jesus was born a Jew, lived as a Jew, died as a Jew, and was originally followed by Jews. Yet somehow Christianity and Judaism are divided. Unearth the history behind this great separation in Rabbi Kurt Schneider's new book, The Lion of Judah. Rabbi tells the story of how two religions who worship the same God came to walk very different paths. But he declares a bold truth. They were never meant to be separate. Learn how Judaism and Christianity will one day unite together under one banner, Messiah Yeshua. Discover how the Old and New Testaments connect and how Jesus completes biblical Judaism. Order your copy at lionofjudahbook.com. I'm on the Mount of Olives and I want to close the broadcast today by speaking the blessing that Father God said should be spoken over his people. In the book of Numbers chapter 6, the Lord told Moses and Aaron, Speak these words over my people, and I will place my name upon them and bless them. Yahweh <laughs> Vihunecha Yisayahweh penavelecha Veasem lecha May Father God, Yahweh, the God of Israel, bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord your Father lift you up 
by His countenance. And Father God is going to continue, His beloved child, to give you His peace. Revelation today for a brighter tomorrow. Find Discovering the Jewish Jesus on all your favorite social media outlets and stay up to date on the content you love. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and subscribe on YouTube. Connecting with Discovering the Jewish Jesus has never been easier. How did Jesus and his message become separated from their Jewish roots? Find out next time on a very important episode of Discovering the Jewish Jesus.